Hello, and welcome to J. Flaunce's Ignorance, episode 17. Uh, in this episode, I sat down with Phil Brown of the Farm and Profit. Uh, we discussed a wide range of issues. The, the way this came about is that um, Phil contacted me, uh, interested in our Open Nebraska TIF project, the Tax Increment Financing Project. And I said, oh, great. Hey, if we're going to talk about this for an hour, uh, why don't I plop the uh, microphone down and record it as a podcast? So... Uh, that's how the conversation starts, is talking about Open Nebraska and tax increment financing. And then we talk about a wide range of issues. Um, Phil's blog is called The Farnham Profit, and there's links in the show notes. Uh, check it out. Uh, also, the Open Sky Policy Institute that's active in Nebraska now. Uh, Phil talks about the Heath Mellow for Omaha mayor campaign. And uh, Rethinking the Restaurant Tax is his latest blog article as of this recording. And uh, Omaha World Herald editorials in general. And uh, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Hi. <laughs> Are you recording? <laughs> yeah, I just started. Okay, okay. So I'll probably just do my podcast intro later. Okay. Unless I should do it now. I don't care either way. Um, but, yeah, let's talk TIFF. <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk a little bit about Open Nebraska first? Sure, um, we can. Your involvement in that? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't the founder or anything of Open Nebraska, and I'm not sure I was officially on the board at any point. And it got really quiet about a year ago. We used to we used to have some meetings uh, here in Omaha, way out west. Those were going on for about a year and a half. I think it was pretty active. And then there were a couple events in Lincoln. But yeah, OpenNebraska.org, I think, is the domain. I should pull up all the websites and things. But yeah, yeah I, it's pretty quiet now. I think the website is down because I was I was looking for it and uh, couldn't find it. Oh, and I I think I found the URL and it wasn't working. Like OpenNebraska.io or something like that. Oh, is it completely dead now? Did someone let the domain expire? <laughs> something like that, yeah. Yeah, the the only project I'm currently involved in is hosted on GitHub Pages. So the project's repo itself through GitHub Pages yeah. is up as long as GitHub's yeah. up. So that, that works out fine. But, yeah, the main landing page might be dead. Uh, I'll be darned. Yeah, OpenNebraska.io, DNS not found. Dope Bart. So maybe it's available to register and turn it into whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I still have the Twitter password, so uh, I can still tweet as Open Nebraska, which is a uh, an authority they should not have allowed me, of course. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I remember uh, it must have been around that time when it was active that seeing on like the meetup.com meetups and stuff, and I was always really interested in it. You know, it sounded like a great project, and I saw you guys did, like, the transit map, right? Yeah, so my early involvement in Open Nebraska, um, we had a couple of hack events, like weekend hack kind of deals. Mm-hmm. Those events were show up, and we're going to spend all weekend building whatever that's civic data. Like, open as long as it's open civic data, that's what we're shooting for. So that was one of the projects. I wasn't on that team. So, like, we had... Th- I don't know, 30 participants that were programmers or developers or designers or project managers or whatever. For the second year of that, I was on the um, local boards project, and that was an attempt to go through and find all of the, like, the the plumbing board, like, all of the boards for the government of Douglas County, Mm -hmm. Lincoln County, and wherever else, uh, and try to make a centralized repository and website for uh, all of the board openings. So, like, one of the problems with local government, as I understand it, is that people don't know when there's board seats becoming available. Like, they don't they don't realize there's an opening in their community where yeah. they could help if they knew, but they don't know. And 
board. It turns out the mayor's office didn't have even a list of the boards that exist, which you would think would be a starting point for trying to organize yeah. <laughs> organize uh, when the seats are available. And then all of the different boards have different uh, schedules and rules about how many board seats are there and when did they come due and are they all elected or some of them appointed, you know, all these things. So that was my local boards project. Which project were, did you ask about? Oh, I just uh, I just mentioned seeing the transit map. Transit map, okay. Where it was like distance or commute distance or something. I think two people I know worked on that one, yeah. but I didn't really see it other than the presentation that they did at the end. So like at the end of the weekend you present, here's what we were up to. Well, so. yeah, because I had been in, like hugely into transit ever since then. And so seeing that was like, wow, this is really cool, you know, and it sounded like a great project. And definitely really into that whole hacker identity and culture i guess yeah was that a google map overlay was that what they were doing i think it was more like an abstract thing where they like made like a custom map or something i don't i don't remember a whole lot about it i know it was on the website which yeah. i guess is not well and the source code is anymore. probably in github yeah right so probably you could probably revive it if you wanted to i, I don't remember that one i think the local boards never really took off at all after that weekend i don't i think it just stagnated after that weekend yeah. uh, and i assume it's pretty dead so that yeah the the pri tiff one the tax increment financing is the only one that i know has been updated recently as an open nebraska project so i've been keeping that one going sort of i guess let's get into that how did that uh, come about yeah the, the the part that's alive um, if people go to the website uh, opennebraska.github.io slash pri-tiff, and we didn't buy a fancy domain on it or anything because that costs money and <laughs> you know, didn't bother. Um, but this, this website, I'll link it in the show notes for people, but I think this is an active, active and accurate a zero inbox project that the data only comes out once a year right so i don't think there's anything for me to do until until like march when yeah. they release the 2016 data and the the about link on the top it's titled a brief introduction to tax increment financing and this is um a document that jack dunn wrote he's with the uh the pri institute the policy research yeah. and innovation i think and um Jack writes about what tax increment financing is and how it affects people, and people should be aware of where their tax dollars are going. So I would encourage people to read that to really understand what's going on. I, I think the, the big open active question is, are you happy with where uh, your property tax monies are being spent? Mm -hmm. The theory behind TIF, as I understand it, is that there are projects that would not get funded if it weren't for tax break incentives that are given to the developers. Um, so if you have low-income housing uh, project or you have a community center project or these projects can be assisted with tax dollars through special tax breaks. That's what TIF is, tax increment financing. Um, when you go through, so the website that we created is a big database of all of them. So you can click on your county and then you can click on your city and you can see all the ones that your tax dollars are going to for taxes. So um, each of those projects may or may not be something that you're really happy about um, being a tax boost, you mm -hmm. know, getting a tax yeah. boost with your tax dollars. And so the, the purpose of the website was to put all the data online in a really easy, easily accessible way so that people could discuss the various data points. So 
that's kind of the idea. How it got started is Jack Dunn walked into a meeting, and I'd never heard of TIFF. I had no idea what it was. And he said, oh, hey, let's put all this data online. And I said, what data? <laughs> and he showed me where the data was. It's all in spreadsheets, you know, so it's all uh, – and we link from the project and the website to the, the original spreadsheets, but that's uh, where the data comes from. So you were you, – and you were doing data entry on that project for a while, right? Um, or was it all already in digital form? It was all digital in, oh, okay. in Excel spreadsheets. So uh, I just wrote software that opens up the spreadsheets and then puts that all in a database, and then the database generates – well, and then other software reads the data out of the database to generate the website. So there was some normalization that we had to do. So I don't know how deep into the weeds you want to get on the data itself, but um, the annual report that comes out is here's all of the tax activity that occurred this year, right, for the active TIF projects, right? And they go back in time, like in 2015, the data for 2015 says that here are the numbers for the duration of that TIF project. So there's like one row in the Excel spreadsheet per year, per project, right? Okay. And to go all the way back in time, as far as they have data available online, you have to see that there's a lot of redundancy in the data year over year over year. And there were some you know data formatting problems that we had to change. Like the formats changed over the years. And we had to normalize all that to make the data make sense. So, yeah. But I think the end result is that this is a representation of all the TIF dollars since 1992. 1992 is when it started? Uh, that's the earliest data point we have okay. and the earliest spreadsheets that are available from the department that does this stuff, whose name I forgot. Um, so, yeah, back in 1992... TIFF was X, a very small number of dollars, and then on the front page of the website, you can see the whole graph of TIFF is a very popular way and getting more popular for uh, developers to yeah. not pay taxes. Yeah. So I can, I guess I did similar work. I used to work for the Holland Computing Center on campus. Yeah. I was like a, and I was like a research assistant, so I did a bunch of like, it was scientific, scientific stuff, but I would take like Excel spreadsheets. That had been generated with another program, run through like a Python script to like, you know, get the data and do like operations on it and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, have you have you generated a lot of discussion about it? Have you ha had some feedback? And have you? Uh, no, <laughs> I would say that discussion has not happened. Okay. <laughs> so I went into the city that I pay taxes in, in Sarpy County, and found what I thought was incendiary information about how our tax dollars were spent in our neighborhood. Yeah. And I posted that on two different Facebook groups of the neighborhoods of the homeowners of the houses that I, I'm in. Like I'm in these Facebook groups just for our neighborhood, right? Yeah. And I posted these and I said, wow, we contributed $35 million to this project in tax rebates. Mm -hmm. And nobody cared. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a couple of people said, "Yeah, that sucks," and that was it. That was the you know, that was the whole conversation. So I was really surprised because it you know it, it seems to me that if you if you put a website like this on the internet and give people easy access to exactly what's happening with their tax dollars specifically, like I understand these these things get abstract across the entire state of Nebraska and huge budgets, and it's not your money. But I I thought that if you uh, created an easy resource for people to go in and see where their tax dollars are specifically going 
to this corner in their neighborhood that they'd be really interested in engaging with that. But I have no evidence yeah. that that is true. I guess there's just not a lot of incentive to like search that out, you know. I think if you know I, where I grew up, like Cass County, uh, Plattsmith, you know those types of places. If if the Plattsmith Journal ran a front page story about it, you know, and like what's the number on Cass? So yeah, this is this is for all time. There's nine hundred and forty one thousand dollars of yeah, so all time tax refund since nineteen ninety six. So if they if they ran like a, if they ran a story on that and were like you know nearly a million dollars of taxes haven't been paid or have been uh, refunded to these developers and that's coming out of your pocket, I feel like that'd be that generates some response from people who care a lot about you know taxes yeah. <laughs> and you know that's that's kind of one of the things that keeps sort of cropping up in like our areas that people are always you know complaining about rising property taxes and. I guess the restaurant tax would be another good example, and I think it wouldn't be too big of an exaggeration to say that, that those increases are probably caused by this kind of these kind of tax breaks for developers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which, which city did you say? I'm just curious to drill into here. So well, uh, Cass County. Were you in one of these cities or not? No, I was in like more rural, but sure, Plattsmouth, sure. I guess, is probably the major one. Yeah. So and if you click on Plattsmouth. The number one TIF thing is Plattsmouth Westside 1. And if we click on that, what it says is TIF funds used for redevelopment of unimproved real estate into commercial retail area, grading, installation of sewer and water lines, paving and parking improvements to support one of the more retail stores, one or more retail stores or other commercial buildings. Let's so, see. That was 12. I, that must be in reference to the development where there's like a big high V now. Yeah. So lot one, which is the legal term for where it is, Westside Commercial Subdivision, Replat one, lots four, five, six, seven, and eight, Westside Commercial Subdivision. What does that mean? I don't know. One of our sub projects was, hey, let's map all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, great. Is someone going to go through here and try to understand the legal descriptions and how those actually turn into lat- latitude and longitude? Yeah. Because <laughs> if you hand me a database of latitude and longitude, I can map it. That's easy. And uh, a couple of people were like, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. And then, you know, I didn't hear from them again. So yeah. <laughs> I think they they did a few data points and they were like, wow, this is going to take a month. So, no, so. I think you could get people in plasma that care that 300,000 had been, you know, they're, that they're kind of on the hook for 300,000 in unpaid property taxes from this high V, this grocery store. And maybe if they had known that, they would have stuck with the grocery store they already had or the two grocery stores they already had or whatever. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, you know, generating traffic to the site or what I'm hopefully going to do is, like, bring attention to it through, like, journalism. But uh, I definitely think it's a valuable report, and I think if people actually clicked through and thought about it for a second, maybe they'd, you know, care a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Maybe they would. And another conversation that we had is, well, maybe each one of these pages needs its own needs its own discussion board. So, like with Discus or these other plugins, you can let people's Facebook accounts talk about websites, yeah. right? So this is whatever twenty thousand data points or whatever it is. It could have twenty thousand different discussion boards. So, like if you were really upset about this one specifically for whatever reason. Or you were like, oh, this is a great way to spend my tax money. You know, either way, you could comment with your Facebook account on mm-hmm. this page and then argue on the Internet. About and you it. could, yeah, and you could tag your friends. 
in the comment thread or it'd show up in your newsfeed that so-and-so commented on this website. And yeah. I love this idea in principle, but I wasn't willing to uh, be the gatekeeper of maintenance for it. Yeah, like so the I'm moderator. Like, Look, yeah. who's got who's got time to moderate if this if this thing gets popular, which you want it to be, and then you got a bunch of jerks on the internet, <laughs> you yeah. know, being rude. Who's going to moderate this? And we didn't have a volunteer for that, so I didn't add it. I think it's not a technical challenge; it's a moderation uh, moderation challenge. Who wants to moderate such a thing? Yeah. And if someone stepped up, you know, great. But I don't want to spend my free time doing that. So. Yeah, I hope to I hope to put a story up on my blog at the Farnham Profit about it uh, soon, and I'm hoping to talk with Jack and um, anyone else I can find who really has a point of expertise on that. Yeah. T- uh, Tiff. How do I find your blog again? Uh, it's through Medium. I think it's just Medium Medium dot com slash the Farnham Profit. Okay. Yeah. So here we are. Medium dot com slash the Farnham Profit with dashes in between the words yeah yeah cool so i'll link to this from the show notes too all right so how did you get started doing this blog well i've been i've been working uh, for the student newspaper on campus for a while kind of wanted to do my own projects i've been meaning to get into well i've always like enjoyed writing about politics in the city for the student paper and i wanted to kind of maybe do it in my own space Basically, it also arose kind of out of a frustration with how city politics are talked about. Omaha World Herald, for example, where you know they have great reporting for news stories and you know development stories in the city, but in their opinion section, you know, it's often just very. To me, it seems like they are sort of aggressively wrong in everything, and they have a sort of complacent. Uh, condescending sort of tone with their editorials. Mm. I think one of the examples was they sort of sub, I guess if it was on Twitter, you'd say subtweeting, but it, they sort of, Ernie Chambers was in the news for like saying something on the floor of the legislature and they had like an editorial that didn't say his name, but it was just sort of an attack on him that was like, oh, you know, uh, state legislators should be civil on the uh, on the floor and it was like a little blur but they never said any names it was like a like an underhanded sort of jab at a state senator and I was like why is that why is that necessary and they weren't really they didn't really seem to be taking any, anybody to task in the city as far as you know what they were doing with you know state money or developments or anything like that it was just sort of kind of complacent stuff uh and so my motivation for for this blog was to kind of push things a little further uh try to dig a little deeper into political stories and development stories that weren't really getting that much attention Mm -hmm. in the Omaha World Herald or just in general I think the only real political blog that's out there for Omaha that has any sort of audience or I don't know, influence, I guess, is another street-named blog, I think Leavenworth, excuse me, Leavenworth Street, and that's a, I think it was run by, like, a guy who lived in D.C., who just used to live in Omaha and, like, just blogged in, like, a really conservative, you know, way about Omaha politics. I think that's the only blog I could find that was, like, sort of an independent voice 
talking about the city politics. And I was mm-hmm. like, that just seemed like a real void. And I don't know if that's something anybody else experienced, but... Yeah, Leavenworth Street blog, maybe? Is it still an active blog, or it's one that used yeah, to be? Yeah, it's, it's active. Yeah, that's it. That one? Okay. Yeah, so this is LeavenworthST.com. Oh, fatal error. Memory exhausted. Is that so is it that looks there? like his server is toast right now. But maybe it'll come back up. <laughs> Hopefully not. he's been not. posting this year? He's been posting for a while now, for several years. But so you're not a fan of this blog, but at least no, it's no, I'm not. I'm not. But I, I respect that it's somebody with an independent voice who's like talking about issues in the city, even though I definitely don't agree with like pretty much anything he says. Yeah. But uh, I guess maybe it's a couple of guys blogging there now. But I don't know. I just felt like the city could really use a progressive, independent voice who was really dedicated to doing some like journalistic digging like with my I don't know if you read my latest article about the restaurant text but I sort of people sort of you know were sharing that on Facebook that oh Stothert you know expand the restaurant text I think a lot of it was pretty shallow like oh you know she's flip-flopping on this and that to me that's not really as important as maybe looking at what the actual effect of the text is and how expanding it might not be a good idea and stuff like that and so I tried to do a pretty deep dive in there and, you know, get a hold of some statistics and look at the history of it. Yeah, no, I hadn't read this one yet. I read the first one when we first were talking a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll have to dive into here. I'd have no intelligent questions for you because I haven't read it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it would take me an hour to formulate intelligent questions. <laughs> so. I'm struggling to, you know, kind of get an audience now. It's mostly my friends on Facebook who are looking at the stories, but I don't know. I had one guy look at my other story and, and give it a heart on Medium and say something about it, so that was nice. Yeah, most of my news is driven by Twitter. So yeah. if you have a Twitter account for the blog. I don't have a Twitter account for the blog, and I guess maybe that's something I should get into. But Looks like it's on Facebook. It is on Facebook, and, uh, yeah, I, it just sounds a little exhausting to try to be like active on social media for myself and also for this right because i do i do enjoy messing around on like twitter and facebook for my own personal use and then having to pair that with you know being i don't know at least some level of professional for a for a blog project seems really exhausting maybe i'll get into it you know over over winter break (laughs) a lot of twitter accounts are just one tweet every time there's a new blog article you know, that's, so that's how the podcast Twitter works. Is I just tweet once when there's a new episode. So. I feel like if I if I was on Twitter with this, that I'd want it to be a way to generate traffic, mm-hmm. and and to, for that I feel like I need to have some sort of presence and personality, and like actually put work into it. Which again just sounds really exhausting, but right. it probably needs to be done. <laughs> and I'll probably do that. Sure. Have you had any luck with your Facebook presence for the project? I have had a little bit of luck. Like people, a couple of my friends have been sharing. I've gotten a little more traffic, but uh, I think my first article got some shares. According to Facebook, five hundred it reached five hundred people. I don't really know exactly how that translates to actual interaction or views, even. But uh, people are seeing it. I mean, it's not the number isn't zero, but. You know, obviously, I'd like it to be higher. I'd like to have a little more influence. I'd love it if, like, Leavenworth Street, like, 
if I could like start a beef with them and like <laughs> and they were like you know dissing me on their website because then I'd get some traffic you know yeah well I mean you could you could fire angry Facebooks at them and see what happens yeah I, I'd rather be uh, I'd rather they beef with me based on the on the on the you know perceive me as like a threat or something than uh, me just starting something for no reason <laughs> But I'm, I'm not sure internet drama is usually so well-rooted. I think it, it's usually random and yeah. self-generated nonsense. I don't think you need a, a, a an actual um, existential crisis. I think you can just pretend. Yeah, so um, next week, maybe if Christian, who's the... Oh, shoot, what's it called? The Open Sky? Open Sky, yeah. Yeah. So... I suppose I should have introduced that. So my understanding now is that there's a gentleman in Lincoln who's working on TIF issues, tax increment financing, uh, full time, and uh, with the Open Sky Institute, uh, and that might be the rebirth of this thing. Like this has been pretty quiet as far as I know yeah. for about a year. I don't know if the Policy Research Institute has been doing a lot with it. They wrote white papers in years past. Like, this is an ongoing thing for them. They've got mm-hmm. six years of history with the process that I'm aware of. Um, and they've got a lot of great materials uh, historically. But I'm not sure that in 2016 there was a bunch more of that. Um, so, you know, me being the computer nerd, I was just going to update the database, the website, uh, with the 2016 data whenever it's released yeah. in March or whenever that is. Um yeah, so I'm, I guess I'm curious about what they're doing over at Open Sky, and I'd be and I'd like to talk to Jack as well, mm-hmm. uh, and see talk to him just more about the is it PRI? Yeah, policy. Yeah. research and innovation. I think. I'd like to talk to him more about that if I could. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully I can you know, get both of those things done and get a story up pretty quickly. Uh, I think next project for me on the on the blog is going to be. Sort of looking at the Heath Mellow uh, candidacy for mayor, mm-hmm. and I've been I've been disappointed with some of the you know notes he's hitting and like in the build up to the campaign and like seems to be very much running sort of a negative campaign against Stothert as opposed to you know a positive campaign with his own contributions you know, mm-hmm. and not only do I think that's a bad idea I think it's just it's not gonna result in very productive politics and so I like to I don't know it'd be nice if I did have some like influence in the readership mm-hmm. but maybe maybe their campaign will get a hold of it or see it and maybe be influenced by it or some something like that but I'd really like to he does I don't think he faces a lot of pressure because Stothard's kind of a I don't feel that like she's a very popular figure in the city that's the vibe I get but uh, I feel like, honestly, if she, it, what she has to do to even make it a context, contest at all is, like, make sure it's no removal this winter is, like, on point. Because, like, <laughs> if, she, if, she, if she repeats last year, people are going to go into the spring. I think the election's in the spring. And uh, they're going to go into the election with the memory of the last winter. And if it's bad memory... I think I don't think it'll be a contest at all. Like all Mello will have to do is promise to like run the snowplows on time and he'll win. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think he faces a lot of pressure. And so I'd like him to really push some progressive new stuff 
instead of being like, oh, Stothard uh, posed the restaurant tax and then now she uh, likes it. Wow, you know, what a hypocrite. I think maybe you should say something like, the, the restaurant tax should be changed or just find another issue to and gravitate towards. Hmm. So I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully I, in some way I can influence that a little bit. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So not having read the, and my ignorance of Omaha politics is nearly complete. I mean, I live halfway to Lincoln in an unincorporated, uh, whatever it's called, sanitary improvement district is where I live. <laughs> so I, I don't have any well, idea <laughs> what's going on yeah. in Omaha. Uh, um, but uh, what? So the restaurant tax. Can you recap the oh, restaurant sure. tax? Oh sure. Oh sure. Yeah. Quick. Uh, so basically, uh, this was a subtle thing when Jim Settle was mayor. And this was like, I guess this, this was a, this was in 2011, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was, it was during the whole Obama, Obama's first term, like towards the end of Obama's first term. And there was the whole Tea Party thing that was still probably at its, at its height, at the height of its power or influence or whatever. And so the city was facing a bankruptcy or a deficit. And so they were, you know, coming up with new ways to get more revenue. And uh, Settle, Settle's administration uh, started doing a bunch of new taxes, and they did the restaurant tax, which was basically 2.5%, uh, I believe, uh, tax on all prepared meals, basically. From, from what they defined as a restaurant or a catering business, and so it, it was a huge shitstorm. A ton of restaurant owners were like really angry. Uh, they sued. They made it to the Supreme Court of Nebraska. Uh, they were just very angry, and uh, they. I think that was one of the main things that drove the settled recall effort, where they got a bunch of. Petitions together had a recall election, which Subtle survived, uh, but he wouldn't survive his re-election campaign. He lost to Stothard, so it, it was a huge issue for you know a lot of people gravitated towards it, and it was probably one of the main reasons Stothard, uh, Subtle lost because Stothard ran on that sort of, oh, I'm going to cut tax, I'm going to cut the restaurant tax, I'm going to cut property taxes, and so she got in. Did she and, cut those taxes? No, no, no. Not at all. No, <laughs> she she cut she cut a little bit of property tax, but she she hasn't touched the restaurant tax, and it's been, I think, four four city budgets that she's overseen, and the restaurant ha- tax hasn't even been touched. Uh, How many years is that? Well, it, it's not quite four years. It, it, you know, she'll be up. It'll be her fourth year when she faces re-election next year. Okay. But it's four budgets that she's oversaw overseen where they've looked at the restaurant tax and kept it in there. And I think every year except this year, she's promised, like, she's, she said, oh, yeah, we're not going to cut it this year, but we're going to cut it next year. We're going to cut it in 2015, 2015 or we're going to cut it, you know. Then. And so, I mean, that's, that's kind of interesting and funny, but I don't know. It, I, I, doubt, I doubt any mayor at this point is going to ever, you know, repeal it because it is, it, it's a very tasty morsel for the city government. It's generated a lot of revenue, and... It also hasn't really affected anything. Like, there are still restaurants in Omaha. Mm -hmm. People are saying, oh, I'm never going to Omaha to eat. I'm going to stay in Iowa or 
I'm going to move my restaurant out of the city, and that never happened. And we got more new restaurants, new restaurant concepts, new all this new stuff. And uh, so I think it's it's going to be really hard for any mayor to justify removing that very enticing uh, revenue source. But I think uh, where we are now is like basically we're at a whereas when we introduced the tax in 2011. We were facing a deficit, now we're at a surplus. And so even then, like, Stother's like, oh, the, the surplus is not as a result of the restaurant tax. You know, we don't need to cut it. But So, yeah, I don't think Melo's going to cut it. I don't think whoever follows him is going to cut it. And so it's just, I don't know. I think it could be made better, though. And one of the things I get into the article is the new controversy is that Stother's expanding it, or the city council, I guess. I should be more specific. The city council voted to expand the restaurant tax to apply to food trucks. Did you see that news bite? No, no. I didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so that's been another thing where the restaurant uh, owner's block has thrown a tantrum, and uh, I don't remember the name of the restaurant, but somebody sued the city because they're like, you're giving the food truck special treatment by not you know, collecting this tax from them. And this is an unconstitutional and, and all this stuff, which didn't really have any merits as I saw it in court. Uh, the, um, because when they, when when it had been first introduced and they had sued on constitutional grounds, the Supreme Court of Nebraska um, was like, no, this is constitutional. So I don't see any way how they were going to get around that precedent. But... <laughs> The city council, before they ruled on that on that lawsuit, and this is a few weeks ago now, the city council preemptively voted to apply it to food trucks. So it was kind of this weird thing where they had a promising court case where like a judge could have said, "No, this is fine," you know. But before the judge even you know ruled on the case, city council was like, "Oh." You know, we're going to vote on this, and they voted to expand it to food trucks, which I saw as a really unnecessary just sort of capitulation to, like, the restaurant owners group, and mm. just kind of annoying. But uh, they cited – one of the things they said, and, and Stothard approved this. Like, she vote, was vocal about uh, approving this sort of expansion, which was ironic for the reasons I mentioned before. But what they said was it was about fairness. Mm-hmm. To expand it, and and I in the in, in the and in the article, I kind of get into the idea that maybe fairness isn't treating everybody exactly the same, regardless of what situation it is. Maybe fairness is actually trying to see what treatment would be most appropriate for a given situation. I think when you're looking at food trucks, and that's where the charts come in. I have charts in there. Uh, when you're looking at food trucks, you're looking at an entirely different or a, a significantly different demographic. You know, it's used much younger, as you can see, for food trucks. And so, you know, you're you're taxing different people. Uh, you're taxing, you know, different sort of activities. It's a different situation. And, and to try to say it's fair to treat that exactly the same as, you know, eating at a, you know, a fancy restaurant, you know, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it's uniform. But it's not necessarily fair, and I think a fair tax would be looking at different situations and being like, you know, what's what's most appropriate for this situation. Another thing I mentioned is that you know we have food deserts in Omaha where going to a fast food restaurant is literally a better option than 
trying to get onto a bus or trying to get onto or trying to walk to a, gro- a grocery store that's you know miles away. Uh, and in that case, you're taxing people on a necessity instead of like a luxury. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like there's multiple ways we can make the restaurant tax more fair. And so that's what I'd like to see from city government instead of them just saying, oh, you know, and, and because of fairness, you know, we're going to capitulate to these uh, restaurant owners who are throwing a tantrum and expand it to everybody regardless of situation. Well, I assume the motivations of the restaurant owners is that brick-and-mortar shops don't like mobile food ever, right? Because yeah. they can park out front and take business away. Right? Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, you know, I, I don't... I don't think they're really threatened by it. I think they're just sort of, you know, they're they're the same ones who were opposing the restaurant tax back when it was first introduced, and now they're the ones who are trying to expand it. Well, sure, like nobody wants to pay taxes, right? So people want services. How do you pay for services? Well, with taxation, but nobody, there's no popular tax, right? That doesn't exist. So you can't win. I mean, if you're the mayor, like if we made you mayor tomorrow, Right, you have to get money somewhere. You have to yeah. tax something. No, and like I said, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't abolish the restaurant tax. It, it, you know, it's too. If I got to mayor, I'd be like, oh, oh it's just it's too much money. You know? <laughs> I need it, but I, I'd like to think that I would have the principles to maybe at least at the very least just like sit on my hands for like I think it was going to be maybe a couple of weeks until the judge made a ruling and just be like, well, let's see how this played out. Because if, if the judge had ruled that no, food trucks aren't, you know, given special treatment as a special clause in this, you know, in this way, there would have been absolutely no reason to expand the tax. Like, but I'd see city council just sort of like panicked, basically, in in my view. And so, I don't know. I, I'm an, I'm just sort of unhappy with it, and I think. It was just, like I said, an unnecessary capitulation to like a, a group of restaurant owners who were basically just trying to bring everybody down with them, I guess, because mm-hmm. they were like, oh, we don't like this text, but if we're going to have to have it, make them have it too. Well, I mean, that makes yeah. sense to me. Like, if I'm a restaurant owner, I don't like food trucks, I would think. Like, I'm just guessing. Well, but Why would I? That's never a good thing for me. I have a brick-and-mortar store. It's never good for me to have a rolling anything anywhere near me. As an option, that takes business away from me. Well, I mean, I think that's. I, I think at some level, it's understandable that they would act that way, but I don't necessarily think it's healthy for the city or oh, you sure. know, something that should be encouraged. You know? Right. But as the food truck, or sorry, as the restaurant owner, I'm going to have their opinion on that. I would think. I haven't read your article yet, so I'm talking completely out of my. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's not like I don't. I don't understand that the restaurant owners feel that way. I'm right. just saying I don't think the city could, should have just like sort of folded for them sure. like they should have let maybe the judge decide in that case like i don't know if they were really if they were really concerned about fairness and this is the point i made it maybe they would have let the judge make a ruling based on the law instead of trying to appease a special group right you know so, so your, your church says snacks at vending machines and mobile vendors so does this include all vending machines too these these statistics like, uh, the statistics skews young, right? At food trucks. Yeah, it, it possibly includes all vending machines. Is the Omaha is did the Omaha restaurant tax get applied to all vending machines? I'm not 100 percent sure on that, hmm. but I think you know there's there's only a limited amount of, of conclusion we could draw from like this chart because it is like not very specific to the city at all, but. Yeah. Uh, 
And the scale is different on the left and the right, so I'm having a little hard time adjusting in my head to see, you know, if it skews younger. Uh, having, like, those data points side by side might be a good thing. Huh. If you have the raw data. Like a double bar graph, like red and blue for... Yeah, that must be my error because I, I generate those charts myself. And oh, you have the data. I do, yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. And it must have been it must have been on this one that the ceiling was higher than this one. Mm -hmm. I mean, not a big deal. I mean, it's that that's you know by default you hand it data and it's going to do like that. Yeah. But it might be easier to see. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna have to look at that again. <laughs> oh wait, this says you have a Twitter. Oh no, that's just a tweet. Oh, Share on Twitter. Oh, yeah. that as, as me. I see. Yeah. Which uh, you're more than welcome to do. Go ahead. Right, well, the, the podcast that tweets like once a year <laughs> will we'll tweet your your articles out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't want people to. I don't want people to look at that chart and be like, feel like it's a definitive representation of how people shop in Omaha at specifically food trucks. It's more. It's more making the general point that different kinds of restaurants or food places are, you know, are different demographics you know go sure. there different groups of people and i'm posing the question that maybe it's not fair to treat every situation exactly the same maybe fairness is looking at different situations and figure out what the most appropriate treatment is for each situation i think if your name is jay you should not be taxed that's the law <laughs> i want yeah and throughout my throughout my whoops <laughs> Throughout my stories on there, as you can see, I link to a lot of it is uh, great. Omaha World Herald. I rely on them a lot. So it, it, I always feel a little shy about talking shit about their opinion section just because if it wasn't for their news reporting, I would have really nothing to say and no knowledge about city developments at all. So I always feel a little shy about criticizing them. But I do think, I do think well, I can say that I really appreciate their news reporting. And it is great that they're one of the probably one of the I don't know, a few surviving print newspapers that actually have a good circulation and like a aren't like massively de downsizing all the time. And uh, I think the Chicago Sun Times like laid off their entire photography department and stuff. I think there are a lot of good things about the Omar World Herald, but one thing I don't, I can't really stand is like their opinion coverage. Right. It's like yeah. so. Ho hopefully, I can maybe try to fill that gap with this project. I think this conversation started with um, you were having problems with the. The aggressiveness of the editorial, like they're just not, you know, they're just not. They don't, I don't think they really yeah, yeah. deserve, right? Yeah. Like when someone really needs to have be taken to task, they're not doing it. I yeah. think is what you said. So you didn't say anything about the news reporting not being good. So no, and I and I, I just I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want somebody from the Omar Hold Herald to read this and or to hear this podcast <laughs> and be like. No. No one listens okay. to this podcast. Okay, don't okay. Worry. We're safe. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, why don't you click over to the Omaha editorial section and see what they have to say. Oh, uh, one of these links you mean? No, just go to the Omaha.com oh, opinion site and see what their latest editorial is. Because I feel like I don't know, a little game I used to play is go to there and see if there was anything on there that I wasn't didn't like make me immediately angry. All right, let's play the game. We need some game show theme oh, music. Fun. Opinions. All right, here we go. So President-elect Donald Trump has made some provocative decisions of foreign policy by speaking by phone with Taiwan's president to blasting China on Twitter. 
But Trump's calming choice Wednesday could ease fears of tensions escalating between the world's top two economies. He taps America's longest-serving governor, Iowa's Terry Branstad, as the next U.S. ambassador to China. And this may be a bad example for me because I'm very ignorant about foreign policy in general and politicians out the state politicians outside the basket particularly. Mm-hmm. And I'm the opposite. So, I don't know anything about local news at all, but I spend probably too much time on national, international stuff. Do you have an opinion on Branstad? I don't know who that is. Yeah. So no. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I, I haven't been paying any attention at all to Trump's cabinet rumors slash rumors slash facts about his cabinet. So I mean, I've been ignoring all of that because I just don't know what to believe. And even if I, if even if it was an official statement, right? Whether or not that person will actually accept and become the cabinet member, I mean, you just don't know these things yeah. until January. Is my opinion. So I've been staying out of all the Trump stuff, cabinet-wise, oh, future the- cabinet speculation stuff i've had no engagement yeah i guess i guess brandstead might be a good pick so maybe that wasn't a good choice here's here's one about ricketts so that, that should be that should be good editorial ricketts earns praise for being responsive to people with hearing impairments and this is a very very <laughs> this is another thing they do is that they do these tiny little editorials but he does this one is governor governor pete ricketts deserves praise for holding a town hall meeting for friday with for people with hearing impairments. This is a welcome step towards including more Nebraskans in state government decisions. 70 people that attended discussing a variety of issues. And I don't know, I, to me this is a little funny and, and definitely not you know, at the expense of people with hearing impairments because I think they've kind of held back on rickets. You know, for all the outrageous things he's done, like try to smuggle in illegal drugs from India being the one I usually go to. But, you know, they, they run an editorial like a 200-word editorial praising him for yeah, this holding... Is, this is 10 seconds? Yeah. Or, sorry, 10 sentences, and it's considered an it's editorial? Like, yeah, no, he's a, he he had a town hall meeting, and 70 people attended. You know, he deserves praise. It's like, you're willing to you're willing to dish out praise for this in like a, in like a 20, in like a 100-word editorial, but you're going to, you're going to pull the punches when he's trying to, you know, import illegal drugs to kill people. It's like... I don't know. <laughs> and I definitely don't know because I don't read the Omaha World <laughs> I mean, I do have someone links to it, but like I said, my ignorance of local issues is nearly total. So, Yeah, to me, there's a lot of a lot of stuff is kind of boring, like this, whatever, the air show. It's like editorial air show cancellation is a disappointed. Like the, 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 the biggest newspaper in the States – we need to know their official position on how disappointed they are at an air show cancellation. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too <laughs> sensitive, but to me that just seems. Oh, and this is another like 200 word. It's like Omaha needs to know we are disappointed. Right. <laughs> Our official stance. So this is probably not hard hitting journalism. No, I'm not a journalist, but. No, it's not. I would say this it's is not, not a hard-hitting editorial that someone's disappointed that an air show was canceled. Yeah. But, hey, I didn't go to journalism school. No, so. no, and I'm not being paid the big bucks, <laughs> big bucks either. <laughs> all right, well, uh, so I'll link to I'll link to your blog um, and the, face, the, oh, the Facebook page is linked from there. Whatever. Yeah, and yeah. And the show notes, whatever show notes you want, like it's all just in GitHub, and this will all rough draft it, but then you can modify whatever you want and add other stuff and let me know. 
whatever show notes you want. So Sounds good. Did I answer all your TIFF questions an hour ago? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's not that – I mean, it's a sleepy little project. Yeah. So, no, I, I think it could be important. Like if, if people got engaged with it, it could oh, yeah. be important. Oh, absolutely. And I think, and I think really, you know, I've, I've been impressed with what you guys have done. And, and I've – and hopefully I can drive – I drive – traffic to the to the site in particular but also just sort of build something more out of what you guys did yeah and if i can do that i think that'd be great that'd be cool all righty hey anything else you want to cover or show notes or i no? think all i right. think we're good <laughs> cool my first ever right. podcast it's hey so all right this is episode that was episode 15 i think of my and i hadn't posted one in like a year Wow. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, thanks. It's coming Bye. back. Yeah, <laughs> huge resurgence.